Ladies and gents, my name is Brandon Stover. Welcome to the How to Solve Climate Change course from Plato University. Causes, systems, obstacles, solutions to this global challenge is what you're going to learn here today. When you're ready to learn more skills, join us for free at Plato.University. Let's get started with today's lesson. We'll have our expert guests briefly introduce themselves and their credentials for why they are able to speak to this topic. My name is David Leon. I am a co-founder and executive director of a nonprofit called Farmer's Footprint that launched in 2019. We are an education, storytelling, and advocacy organization working in the regenerative food and agriculture space. My co-founder is a board-certified physician and international speaker, Dr. Zach Bush, who works particularly on the intersection of human and planetary health. And my background is an operator and venture-backed startup. This is the first nonprofit, and we've been running that now for about coming up on five years with organizations now, Farmers Footprint, independent charities now in, in Australia and forming in, in the UK and South Africa and New Zealand. Can you explain what soil health and regenerative agriculture are from a first principles perspective? So I understand soil health to very essentially be a living system, a living container for biology and organic matter in a medium that makes up the terrestrial sort of surface of the earth. And these are traditionally incredibly biodiverse communities that are interacting both with the root systems of plants, with fungi, bacteria, viruses, parasites, the like, that are living in these communities. And that forms what is essentially healthy soil, soil that is alive. Regenerative agriculture, uh, I think, is a, is a proxy description for a type of agriculture that holds at its highest, highest regard, keeping the soil and biology alive and supported. And so I don't see it as having anything to do with growing crops or producing food, but actually stewarding living soils at its very basic level. Why does regenerative agriculture work or help to solve climate change? Well, regenerative agriculture, uh, I think, is seeking to combine our needs as, of, of building a productive system to support, you know, uh, uh, human life, which is what agriculture is there to do, to, to produce, produce food and resources for us. But to bring that in alignment with the natural cycles and systems of nature. And so very simply, we are trying to move back perhaps to a less mechanized extractive version of agriculture, whereby our, our only focus is actually the yield coming off of the plant that's growing in the soil and actually moving back a couple steps to what are the underlying principles that produce that plant and that yield and the nutrition of, of that yield? Let's focus on that first. And let's put that again within the context of the landscape in which that farm is, might be operating and the larger watersheds and water cycles. Uh, and as it may be for climate change, the carbon cycles, all of these sort of nutrient and mineral 
natural cycles that are part of the natural cycles of the planet. We are trying to bring all of those considerations together when we're working regeneratively. Why would regenerative agriculture not work or fall short? If we are siloing these solutions, both the the design and how we measure the outcomes of those solutions, meaning if we are primarily focused on sequestering carbon, if that becomes the end-all be-all and all of our solution designing is around sequestration of carbon, well, that is one of many types of cycles where, and, and I would argue we're not trying to just sequester carbon, we're actually trying to get carbon moving again through its, its cycle. Just as there's a nitrogen cycle and a whole host of other cycles, nature tends to abhor sequestration and, and, uh, and static sort of, you know, stagnation of, of a given material or, or element. And so if we are not designing holistically and if we are not designing from a place of we want this system to actually be able to self-perpetuate itself, meaning are we putting into play the conditions whereby the system is itself regenerating? without our continued support, well, we are just sort of reimagining mechanized approaches to landscape management. And, and I think if we do that, we ultimately fall, fall short in what we're, what we're trying to do, which is restore the cycles of, of, their, of the planet. Who benefits the most and who might be harmed the most of regenerative agriculture as a solution? If we are designing systems for whole communities, meaning both human communities and, and, and ecological communities, landscapes and the, and the plants, animals and, and everything within it, we, there is a promise that there is enough abundance there for nourishment and thriving for all of those communities. There's going to be pain in that transition. There's entire, there's entire industries and ways of farming today and ways of thinking about our interactions with the natural world that will suffer as a result of a transition like this. And, and that is not just big corporations or agribusiness that if this system, if the current system went away, certainly there'd be, you know, massive economic fallout and collapse from that. You're also seeing, you know, many, many farmers who operate within that current paradigm that, that also very well could suffer quite greatly. And also, you know, we see the production of cheap calories, which has been a value of the current food system. If the focus of that starts to move in a different direction, there's going to be pain and trade-off as well. There, there's, we're going to start to see what perhaps the true cost of food begins to look like. And we see also that this is not something that could happen purely within the agricultural realm, that this begins to touch policy and healthcare. I mean, agriculture really touches all of those other industries. And so the ripple effects of, of a true sort of regenerative systems change from one of, you know, pharmaceutical provided extraction, which is our current paradigm to one of a nature-based solution would represent, you know, a, a very dramatic shift. And there's going to, there's going to be pain, um, felt 
you know, across anyone who currently benefits from that system. And that's most of us actually today. In order to make soil healthy, could you explain how uh, regenerative agriculture works? Yeah. So I think a helpful entry point are, are some of the practices that underpin what we would call regenerative. And these are really based on what we see out in nature. Nature, healthy, healthy systems typically are not going to have soil that is uncovered, meaning nature doesn't know what a weed is. A weed is there for a very particular reason, a place uh, or a plant with a living root inside of soil means it's feeding the biology in the soil. That biology is interacting with the biology of the plant. There's exchanges and interactions happening, and that is that is feeding the system. It's lowering the temperature of the soil when you're keeping it covered with living with living plants. Um, that has effects on microclimates and it actually changes weather patterns. So bare soil can have a much, much higher temperature in the middle of the day than covered soil. And so regenerative practices would state, you know, a cover crop is, is a good thing. You're keeping a living root in the soil the entire season and you might be planting your cash crop actually straight into that cover crop. That cover crop tends to need to be a diverse species to imitate a prairie-like system where you have a whole host of, of species of grasses that might sit and coexist, each performing an ecological service that is, that is determined by the conditions of that particular landscape. We tend to not want to be using pesticides that are, or herbicides that are destroying other, other types of the biosphere there. So you know, worms and, and insects, things typically thought of as pests, even those are all playing actually very important roles. And so when we're thinking about regenerative systems, we're trying to increase biodiversity in the system because out of that biodiversity comes resilience. When we have a monocrop system that we're perhaps not rotating different crop types, if we're not moving animals through that system, which are, which are also helping to digest and move nutrients through the soil, through the way that they eat and their defecation and the way that the birds are spreading and interacting with, with their manure, all of these things start to come into play in the way that we are nurturing the soil, adding more biology to it and helping it really to compost and cycle itself through. So, you know, living roots, covered soil, biodiversity, and, you know, a lack of, or, or, or not using pesticides, herbicides, and things of that nature, and, and having a diverse crop mix are, are sort of understood as some of the underpinnings. And then the other side would be animal integration. So on a natural prairie system, for instance, you would have herds of animals moving through they're usually not sequestered in one area, picking the ground clean. They're moving, they're moving and they're following the grass. And that's a big part of a healthy system as well. And so we approximate that movement with rotational grazing practices. And, and then there's a whole element too of, of silvopasture and agroforestry systems where we're actually creating diverse you know, tree, shrub, and ground cover systems within a given farm and growing lots of different types of species in an agricultural sort of environment, which represents, you know, a very 
different way from the primary sort of westernized, mechanized farm that that we kind of think about today with clean, neat rows and and lots of control. For this to work effectively, what you're describing, what sort of innovation policy or things in general that need to be built? Yeah, a whole lot. We have we have sort of we have an entire agricultural sort of business paradigm that is very much follows a pharmacological health uh healthcare paradigm which is you know retailers who are selling inputs for crops on the farm they send an agronomist out they'll measure your soil they tell you what it is in deficit of and they prescribe you know you know chemicals for you to to add to make sure that the soil has what it needs to produce the plant that you want it to produce. So we have this very prescriptive sort of way of managing land right now. That's all going to have to sort of radically change and get, we have to get farmers, you know, really deeply back in touch with, with their land in terms of the relationship that they have with it. There's a whole regulatory and compliance side that supports the current paradigm in the way that we've developed things like crop insurance and you know pesticide use guidelines and subsidies for given crops that are based on on you know commodities markets so all of these things are sort of stacked on top the 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 economics the regulation the compliance and the insurance products that underpin the current system would all really need to be rethought. And, and there's definitely opportunities to port that in to, to new types of systems and ensure all those things can exist within a, re- a regenerative sort of paradigm, but they would look very different than they look today. The types of things they incentivize and support would likely be very different. And, and, you know, we're also in a transition. These things don't happen right away. Meaning if you just stop using any inputs, but your soil is, is essentially dead after, you know, years and years of sort of chemical warfare that has been um, sprung on it, you're not going to have success just stopping it all cold turkey. Um, it, this is a process of bringing life back into the soil. And so the innovations are really around what is going to work in your particular location with your soil type and the types of crops that are appropriate for you to grow do you need to change that crop type that that you've grown maybe for generations on your particular farm but now because of both changes in macro climate and 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 also just because the degradation of your soil itself what is now the appropriate way to to manage your land and what sorts of crops and things do you need to be doing to it that all changes I think we're also in the midst of a renaissance around data and farms are going to be producing more than just food. Farms are going to be producing ecological outcomes. They're going to be producing mitigation for climate change for companies that sit up and down the supply chain from that farm, the processors, um, and even the, the CPG brands who are, are now seeing as a value what needs to come off of the farm and what sort of data they need. And, and as they're, as, as we're developing systems of monetization for things like carbon and other ecosystem services, those are going to be sources of revenue for the farmer. And those are going to be considerations along time, alongside the type of crop that you're growing. Well, what is my capacity to, uh, to, 
generate or sequester carbon for which I can get paid? What is my capacity to to preserve water across this particular watershed or landscape? That might be a place to get paid. And what is my potential uh, for revenue from biodiversity support that I'm now doing by putting conservation easements or pollinator strips? We're increasingly seeing that there's now systems that are going to actually incentivize that through monetary policy and and through liquidity and trading that those are going to be sources of revenue for the farms of the future and and i i'll just say i think that makes some folks uncomfortable in the regenerative space and yet i'm seeing that as a really important form of translation from the system we have today to the system that we are envisioning meaning how do we make these companies care beyond just activism? How are we actually providing a, a translation perhaps to their balance sheet around the, the ecological value of a given practice or of a species inside of that watershed that you are now incentivized to preserve because of how valuable it is to the overall system? Could you give good resources for learning more about soil health and regenerative agriculture? If you really want to get into the nuts and bolts of agriculture, I really recommend any work by John Kempf, who's one of the probably leading regenerative sort of agronomists who's touched probably north of 2 million acres in terms of transitioning to regen. He has a regenerative agriculture podcast that's absolutely fantastic and really gets into the weeds. I certainly would point out Farmer's Footprint with lots of resources and rabbit holes to start to to walk down as you find your own way and path in the way that you you want to engage with regenerative agriculture. I also point to to um you know folks like uh, rewild your campus, non-toxic neighborhoods, beyond pesticides who are are sort of bringing some of these concepts very close to home in the backyard and the way that municipalities manage their landscapes. So we're talking about, you know, strips of grass and school playing fields and parks. How are we managing those? There's regenerative ways of, of managing those public spaces. So it's not just about farms, you know, lawns, lawns represent the fourth largest cash crop by acreage in the United States. And so I, I encourage people to say like, you, you actually don't have to be a farmer. You may not have to know anything about food production right now in order to get curious and understand that like, our landscapes are everywhere, even if it's just a little patch of, of lawn out in your backyard, and you can be a part of, of that ecosystem restoration. So those groups are doing great work on, on how to get started with that. Certainly, I'd be remiss, you know, Kiss the Ground is telling great stories about that. Rodale Institute and Savory Institute are doing massive landscape restoration work and, and, and innovating on, on farm level. And then I'd also want to, want to point out, you know, the history of, of, of regenerative or, or is really comes out of indigenous foodway traditions. And I would look at organizations like a growing culture for, for deepening your understanding of, of those stories and, and, you know, current, current ways that, um, small scale sustenance farming is still supporting, uh, most of the, the nutrition of, of the world. Um, that looks very different from the type of agriculture we have in the United States, but is very effective at, at feeding people. 
and and really important to be to be keeping a close eye on that and there's uh, amazing movements happening across india and sri lanka and and across uh, central and south america that are are very much worth your time to to dig deeper into the histories of where regenerative ag came from before that name was was even a thing right now you're speaking to passionate students who want to actually solve problems like these what top three skills should they study so that they actually have the ability to do so? I always start with curiosity and and fostering that as a as a discipline and skill, meaning we are all eaters and we all have a stake to play in this. And your understanding of food production is is not a barrier at all. The only barrier is whether you're willing to ask a question about that. You know, it starts at the farmer's market if if that's the easiest place or go find a farm near you and 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 volunteer and start to understand actually what goes into food production. So I really say a willingness and a curiosity and an ability to form form even a very basic question and, and listen I I when I started on this journey really just as a, a nothing more than a devoted gardener and lover of plants and nature that was enough and I asked a lot of stupid questions to people that are incre- have incredibly deep wells of knowledge, and you will find that I think there's a lot of joy in in building relationships with those folks because, yeah, there 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 is no bad questions in this. So that's a very important skill. And then I would just say, as soon as you understand that agriculture touches every other sector of of the economy in our society, you realize that no matter what you're currently doing for work right now it's likely that that expertise is needed in the regenerative movement, meaning it's not just about on-farm innovation or ag tech or climate change work. You don't have to be a climate scientist or an agronomist or, or a, a, a microbiologist. We need creatives. We need investors. We need finance folks. We need supply chain folks. Like There's literally no profession that I think should be excluded from solutioning this because it is such a, there's so much complexity and interconnectedness to this problem. So, you know, get in touch with folks at, at, at my organization, get in touch with me, get in touch with folks of, of any organization that is speaking to you that is working in this space. And, and it's not about quitting everything and becoming a farmer. It's about saying, how, how is it that my expertise ports into this new vision of, of food and agriculture that, that we all want and we know is coming for us, um, because we're going to need, we're going to need you, uh, as part of that. And so I don't think you need to have any particular skill. Actually, I think you need to show up with the skills that you have and be ready to, to go to work. Any final recommendations for the audience? I want everyone to be curious about their food system. That's, that's the, that's the thing I hold in highest regard. And I think it will take you so far. I'll add one more. Find a place that nourishes you. Get connected to the place that you're at. And and if it's not nourishing you, go find a place that nourishes you. Get into relationship with land. And and you will remember something very innate to who you are as a human being. And 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 it will change every aspect of your life. And and so yeah, that's my that's my request. Go find a place that nourishes you. 
let's get our hands dirty. Design a soil health assessment project for a local community garden or green space. Develop a sampling plan, collect soil data, and present recommendations for soil improvement using regenerative practices. Thank you for taking the How to Solve Climate Change course. If you want to learn the skills to solve this global challenge, join us for free at Plato.University for exclusive content, extra resources, and actionable exercises with every lesson. This course was produced by Plato University, where students turn passions into purpose and learn skills to change the world. Learn more at Plato.University.